one of the one of the fun studies that I've never heard others do is to go through Matthew chapter one and look up each of the names and see what we know about them. Some of them we don't know much at all, but there's a reason why this is here. I can remember as a young boy, and I'm cupping this so I can be a bit louder, but also because my voice is very, very weak. Um, I'm allergic to Tennessee. I think I'm allergic to winter. Anyway, when I was a young boy, they did a big push at our church to read the New Testament that year. All the Bible schools had classes, had a chart. And every week, if you'd read the Bible uh, on the schedule, you got a star. Oh my goodness, that was big. And being the preacher's kid, I knew that if I failed to get a star on a particular one, I would probably get a spanking when I got home. So I had all of the, um, all of the push and incentive to read the New Testament. And I can remember thinking, this will be good, because I like some of these stories. And I opened up Matthew, and a little part of my soul died. Did you ever do that? Do you ever remember hitting Matthew chapter 1 and going, why would you start a movie this way? Do you remember the original Star Wars started with written things on the screen that were floating away? And you could always tell the people that were slow readers because they started developing a panic attack about, uh, uh, you know, about getting there. Uh, remind me of the old days when we'd be driving. This is not, I'm not making this up. Um, I'd see, oh, it's a historical marker one mile ahead. Can we stop and have a look at that? And my dad was torn because he wanted us to care about history but he also wanted to be where he wanted to go. Uh, so he would say, read fast. And he'd keep going. So I and my two sisters divided the signs. You read the first part, I'll read the middle, you read the... We know so many things that never happened because they're so garbled by the time we got it. Why, why are we doing... Why would you start with a genealogy? Ah, let me give you the simple reason first and then we're going to talk about the more interesting reason. Simple reason is Matthew was written for a particular audience and a particular purpose. Matthew was written to the Jews. And it was written to the Jews to prove that Jesus was the promised Messiah and the King. Now remember, Luke was, we gather at the table, the open arms of God, with John, it's all about the spirit of God and the power of God. With Mark, it's all about Peter's take on the stories. But Matthew is, behold your king. Now, to be a king, you have to have, you have to be in a line. A lot of people have, over the years, said Jesus was in the wrong line. He, he needed to be from a different tribe if he was going to be a priest. And he needed to, to have a more direct line from David. Well, Matthew lines up that he did. And Luke will actually do a genealogy as well. What's different about Luke's? He goes to Mary. And when you read them, I'm not going to pretend that we don't have some questions. But the whole point is saying he's in the right line. I can remember years and years ago, People would uh, say, uh, a couple of people asked me, they said, do you have any royal blood in you? Because they think everybody from Breton is all related. 
you know, we're, no, this, this, that's not how it works. But I would respond to them, if 18,604 of the right people die, now I'm king. Well, actually, even that was an exaggeration. I have zero, 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 zero. Uh, but if I was going to be king, I'd have to find a line. In Scotland, there's something called the, the Lord Lyons Court. Lyon is L-Y-O-N-S, if you want. So Y, L-Y-O-N-S, if you want to look this up. Some of you perhaps have gone to the mall and seen little booths that say, let us show you your coat of arms. You don't have a coat of arms. Your name may be the same as somebody that has a coat of arms, but you don't have a coat of arms. Only the Lord Lyons Court can establish heraldic devices. And it can take them a long time to figure that out. They just established somebody as a chief over a family, a clan in Scotland, that the vacancy had been there for 125 years. They look for the line. Can they prove the line? That's the standard answer. And it's accurate as to why he starts this way to prove Jesus was in the right line, but there's another. I think we're supposed to look at these people and understand something about the humanity of Christ, the grace of Christ, and the way we are to treat others. Hang with me for a minute. I want you just to have a look. I'm going to assume that Nashem, uh, you may not know much about, you might know something about Abijah, um, there are some very vague terms, but which one of these people was perfect in faith? Which one of these people does not have something bad about them written in Bible? They're all deeply flawed. Jesus did not come from a line higher than yours. This is so hard for Americans to deal with. So you're just going to have to take it by my word unless you go find a copy of, for example, The Field. It's a British magazine. It'll probably cost you 10 bucks because they just mark them up. But if you can find one, The Field. When you go through, they will only cover the gentry. Not Alan Gentry, who they should cover, but those who are of the gentleman class. There was an Arabic man who moved to Britain back in the 70s. He's still there. He has poured hundreds of millions of dollars into the country to build stores and homes and support charities. And they still will say, of course he's not a gentleman because he wasn't of the right line. And a British person can still look at you today, especially in England, and say that whole thing about all men are created equal. You guys don't really believe that, do you? And of course, we say we do, but it is true that Washington, D.C. has different rules than the rest of us. I, we can say all that, but here's the point. They say in America, anybody can rise up to be president, and I think we're proving that with every election, uh, or that anybody can make anything of themselves. And I, I'm, again, there are limits to that, but in Jesus' day, in most countries today, the line. Remember Rwanda and the slaughter? Why? They were friends. They lived with each other. 
because all of a sudden tribal identity kicked up. You weren't in the right line, doesn't matter that we loved each other, played with each other, went to school with each other, I'm bringing in a machete. It's awful. Yes? Yes. Yes. Okay, excellent. Yes. The Jews had rather an open arms policy toward people outside. In fact, the Bible has an awful lot to say about how to treat the foreigner who comes to you. If they abide by your laws, they are to be treated exactly the same way as a brother. Now, if I, and I, I don't want to uh, you know, go where I'm not supposed to go here, but with my wife, for example, she talked to her dad yesterday. And that's her dad. He adopted her. Her, her, the one who, whose DNA is in her body was also her father. But he died so young she doesn't remember him. The man that adopted, we, say that, we don't say you're not the real kid. Do you? <laughs> if you do, I'd like to talk to you later. If you'll let me find my stick first. You, um, it would be done in Christian love. Yes, when they were brought in, like Caleb uh, in the Old Testament was not a Jew. And yet, Caleb had land, was able to marry, was completely accepted. One of the ladies in here, Rahab. We're going to talk about what the ladies are like in this line. Rahab was an outsider and a prostitute, but she was saved because she protected the spies. Next time we see her, her family are, are, are given a place outside the camp to live. The next time you see her, She's inside married to a Jew. And she's looked upon as one of Jesus' grandmoms. The Jews had an assimilation. If you, if you obey our laws, you're welcome here. They, they, the, that's called a proselyte is, is, the fa- is the fancy word for it. And so Joseph would not have been considered a stepdad, even though his DNA was not in Jesus. He would have been considered father. The same way, in fact, when people see Cammy and Jerry together, they'll say, oh, we know who you took after. And Cammie always smiles, that beautiful smile of hers, because, yeah, that's my dad. And by the way, he's a fantastic guy, a wonderful man. Um, he's taught me a lot. The um, Excellent question, because there are some non-bloodlines here. But think of uh, Schindler. Schindler was German, didn't have a Jewish drop of blood in him, but the Jews accepted him and consider him a Jew today. And at the end of Schindler's list, you see really old people being helped to come to his grave and lay little rocks on it. That's a sign of respect. Um, In Scotland, you lay bigger rocks. We call that a cairn. But they lay little rocks as a testimony that you are my brother, you are a Jew, and you are Sadiq. You are righteous. He was declared righteous by the government of Israel. And that means he's a Jew. And, and that's just 
the way that, that goes. And great question, though. If you look, you have rascals in here, like Jacob. You've got, you know, I don't know much about Ram, the father of Amenadab, but when you go through, you will find some women. And every one of the women that he names, and by the way, he could have named a bunch of women. So why did he choose these? Well, let's look at them. First one, that's going to be Tamar, verse 3. I'm not going to do much of the story of Tamar here. I want you to read it. It is ugly. Really, I'm, I'm going to say this, Albert, you can correct me. I'm going to say through no fault of her own, that story is ugly. As a woman, she didn't have much to say about what happened to her. But the men acted like dogs. They were awful. There's rape involved. There's dismemberment involved. This is not a story you're going to get in vacation Bible school. Why did he choose her? Don't answer yet. <clears throat> By the way, did you want to correct me on that? I think I'm going to say no fault of hers. Yeah. Yeah, it is a mess. That's a story I would have left out of the Bible. And here was David, and he was a good guy. and <laughs> I would have written such an awful Bible. The second one, whose mother, verse uh, 5, Rahab. What do we know about her? Um, prostitute, or at least that's what the Bible calls her. By the way, I've had people run up to me and say, that Old Testament word can also mean an innkeeper. That is correct. But in the New Testament, they use a word which means prostitute. So there you are. Um, and yet, she changed her life. She did what was right in the sight of God, even though that bothers us too. Because God said, well, the spy said, if you lie, God will save you. And she did. And they did. And now she's in Jesus' line. I think the genealogy, one of the reasons that, that Matthew chose these was to make us feel uncomfortable. It's a different kind of king. You ever notice, this is back before the DNA really outed a bunch of folk. Uh, and they would say, you know, I'm related, and in, in America to me, it was always amazing. They, almost everybody, I have a Cherokee princess in my background. All right, a couple of things. Cherokees didn't have princesses, ever. Two, Cherokees were the most open of all American tribes that I can find. They would accept anybody and take you in if you were willing to live with them. Cherokees are amazing if you read their stories. Red and yellow, black and white, they would bring you in. And there are still groups of them that are called triracial isolates to this day. If they did an, an ancestry, you'd find black, you know, African blood, you'd find Asian blood, you'd find European blood and Native American because they brought people in. Uh, amazing. Anyway, we always want to pick nobility, somebody important in our line. Fact is, you know, I don't have anybody like that in my line, do you? I mean, really? I used to kid, I don't need Ancestry.com. I just go to HerMajesty'sPrisons.gov, and there they all are. <clears throat> Boaz, the father of Obed, this is still verse 5. Whose mother was Ruth? What's the problem of Ruth? 
She's a Moabite. Yes, Albert. All right, I need you to say that again. Oh, I see. Gotcha. He said, we've, we've improved on her sickle, but not on her heart. He was actually going far more lofty than I was expecting, although you're a lofty man. Uh, he was saying that we, uh, we can harvest things a lot better than Ruth, Ruth could harvest things, but her heart, we have not improved on that heart. But have you read Deuteronomy and Leviticus? There are places in there God says a Moabite cannot come to the temple to the 10th generation. By the way, Hitler's concept of who was a Jew only went back three generations. And if you know how to do the genetic math, it makes, Jesus, uh, makes God a hundred times more. I'm, I'm, there's a little, there's a decimal in there. But a hundred times stricter than Hitler. How does that make you feel? Don't get too excited because a few chapters later, um, there was a big war. They killed a bunch of Moabite men and God told the men, you can't leave these women defenseless. You have to offer them marriage. And people go, he just killed the husband. Um, it's far more complex than that. There's a real good chance they didn't love him anyway. You know, there's only one guy in the Bible that was said to love his wife. I know some of you, who? I might tell you. But not now. Anyway, um, <clears throat> look it up. Come on, get in there. But God also said you have to treat them as a wife. Not as a, not as a capture not as a hand servant, as a wife. And after that period of mourning, when you offer that to them, if they say no, you can't take them. So it was a lot different than we might think. The reason God, and by the way, they're Moabites. Now what happens to their kids? Well, it could be that some things written in Scripture were stricter than God intended. I'll let you just work with that for a while. The rules on slavery changed three times in the book of Deuteronomy alone. Why? Because different editors worked on Deuteronomy. And we're all trying to get better. And then we hit Jesus. So I always, I always say, the Old Testament's an argument about Jesus and, uh, rather about God, and Jesus settles the argument. But Ruth was a Moabitist outside, brought in. Amazing. David then comes, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Ugh. That's an awful story. Not named here, but David, that's, we all know that story, do we not? Murder, treason, and adultery. And she's brought in. And then you've got Mary, of course. Was, and you might say, but everybody thought she was wonderful. No, they didn't. Even her own kids, at least the sons, believed that she was an adulteress until Jesus raised from the dead and then he went, huh, okay, that's rather convincing. They probably didn't say it like that, but they, they changed. The point I'm trying to make is, I'm not trying to make a point, hang on, sorry. The question I'm trying to frame, why would Matthew intentionally put in those names? I'm not asking you to read this, there's not one single answer. I'm not asking you to read Matthew's line. I just want you to think, engage. Because there were a lot of women he didn't mention. Let me ask you a question. Um, 
How powerful do you think you are? How special do you think you are? That's a, that's, a, that's a hard question, but I want to ask it. And here's why. I talk to Christians so often that will say, you know, I really hope I'm saved, but I'm just not sure I'm good enough. Let's go to Matthew 1. And I've had people say, I'm just not sure God can forgive me for this. Now look at me and say, who do you think you are? That you're saying, you know, yeah, you gave the, the blood of Jesus Christ, but my sin's greater than that. Don't do that. Do not do that. Back away. Let Jesus be Jesus. These people, some of them are heroes. Some of them are scoundrels. Some of them were looked up to. Some of them were not. Some of them were of the purest blood. Others were completely outside it. So here's the question. Does God care about your ancestry? Does God, his love, is it able to redeem even the scoundrels in your line? Yeah. By the way, I'm, I'm going to step aside. I'll come right back. You don't want me to, to embarrass you, but during the last song, there's a thing about with our hands, and I was looking around, oh, nobody's doing that. Bill was raising the hands of his grandchild, and I was going, I saw that little baby's hand come up. You were raising it or did she? Yeah, I was thinking. I thought I saw your, arm, your hand on her arm. I was going, yes, that's the way to do it. By the way, if you haven't met Sylvie yet, you've got to. You have got. I'm on team Sylvie. She's we're here, but we're late. <laughs> that was brilliant, wasn't it? There's a reason it's here. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who's called the Messiah. Now, coming back to your question, the phrasing here is very interesting, isn't it? It doesn't say Joseph, the father of Jesus. But if you are taken in, you are father. You are son. Um, we saw this. We didn't even talk about it. Uh, we have Amazon Prime mainly because free shipping, because I, I buy books. Lots of books. And other stuff. Uh, but they, it also comes with like a Netflix-style TV and the like. And they, they do their own series. And they've done an excellent one called Jack Ryan, which is based on the old Tom Clancy, but a, a younger one. I must stress to you that this is not a Christian show. There are things there that you would not want there. Uh, do not have your kids in the room. But there's a scene where a man who piloted the drones, and you do that, from out west in America, most of them. There's a South Carolina group as well. Killed an innocent man. Now, he'd been told, fire. Later, they found that was an innocent guy. Travels all the way there and finds the father. And without being able to understand each other, he's trying to say, I'm sorry, I killed your son. The father does not rail you can see in his eyes he's getting it, but he insists that the man come in, then sit. And the man's trying to pull out money to say, listen, anything I can do. And he's going, and he pours tea and shoves it across. Now, why is that? As soon as you drink that tea, you're a family. Because in the Middle East, it's still that way. You are protected. 
you are my blood, you are my brother. As soon as you drink the tea. That's pretty cool. So, 14 generations in all from Abraham to David. By the way, people have tried so hard to count back and just let it be what Matthew wanted it to be. This is the line. Okay. Now what happens? The birth of Jesus. He is the king, the birth of a king. Well, I am, I am always amazed by this. And if I'm being honest, a bit saddened that every time a royal has another baby, Americans get excited. And if there's going to be a wedding, it's usually in the middle of the night because time difference, six hours difference between you and Greenwich Mean Time. And I, I meet people who stay up all night. I'm thinking, you could DVR it, but no, they got to see it live. And oh, it's beautiful. And I'm going, you do remember you shot us and said you didn't want any of this, right? I mean, that's why that you talk funny and you, you don't use use in words like you're supposed to. Um, Jesus wasn't born like a king normally is born. He has a different kind of genealogy, a different kind of birth. Do you see what Matthew's already doing? He's getting them ready. The Jews that he's writing to, all of their objections he's going to deal with. And he starts with, no, it was a different line, but it was a line. And it wasn't the birth that you would have expected in a palace. And they didn't have a palace like we think of a palace, but it wasn't one of those. It was different. I need, Matthew is saying, to get you ready for a different kind of king. Now do you see the point? <coughs> Albert, earlier they were saying, is this another one where you and Albert will go back and forth? And I said, I don't think so. I have a feeling we might need to mic you up on some of these. But do you have anything you want to add to the genealogy and how it ramps in? We can even bring you up if you want to. You're good? There you go. If you didn't hear any of that, there will be a quiz later. Oh, he's, <laughs> you're going to get a mic anyway. He's waving you off. I'm my money's on Albert. <coughs> All right. Here's, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We'll stop there. This always confused me when I was a boy. And they'd say, she's betrothed. And I'm going, but they're living together. Yeah, yeah, you did. But they had sex. No. How's that work? Well, it works. They're, have you ever heard of, of Amish, uh, the Amish practice of bundling? Young boy and young girl have been dating for a little while. They wrap them up in sheets and put them in the same bed. Now, they're not supposed to be doing anything in there except getting used to being in the same bed, maybe talking to each other. But there is a program of bringing them in. 
This isn't a tryout. When you are betrothed, there are a lot of reasons why you don't just get married immediately. And we don't know any of them here. She was promised to him. We don't know if they loved each other, but we know that Joseph was a good man and Mary was a good woman. Betrothed can also mean that this was set up and arranged. Tradition says, and by the way, tradition here, as far as I know, has no history to back it up. But very early tradition was that Joseph was much older than Mary. By much older, we're talking, I'm, 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 doing this, I'm pulling this out of the air, like 40 to her 13 or 14. He could have been a widow. The Catholics really push that because they want him, they want all those other kids to be his from another marriage so that Mary can stay a virgin all of her life. No. No. Mary was a, a human being, not an icon. We don't know Joseph's life, and that actually puzzles me. What we do know is the next verse, though. He is Sadiq. He is righteous. And that was, a, that was a very special word, not very often used. If you, if you want to look up Sadiq, it is T-T-S-A-D-I-Q is a transliteration. T-S-A-D-I-Q, Sadiq. They have, they have letters that make sounds that we don't have, like a collar is a T-S-C-H-V sound, Sadiq. I'm thinking, I don't even know how to spell. But they, you know, it's, they have some sounds that you have to do. Kind of like in Scotland when people go, is this a lock? No, it's a loch. And they can't do that without spitting. Jo, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just stop there again. Don't you want more information? Why don't we have the information? Why don't you think about this? There's a great atheist who came to faith because of the answer to these questions. Anthony Flute. Not Anthony, Anthony. No, no H in it. It's a very British thing. Flew is F-L-E-W. Many debates with Christian leaders, including our own Thomas Warren. Um, powerful debates. Became a believer... I'm not going to say Christian, because I don't know enough. But a believer that there is a God in his 70s. Because he was reading all of this, and he says, where's the information? And the only explanation he could have was, it was known. It was known to the audience. There was no need to write it. Kind of like the two men to Emmaus. Jesus preaches that fantastic sermon. We don't have a word of it. He brings that up in a book called, There is a God. It's a little book, by the way. You can understand that. The debates, I can't understand. But the wee book, you can. It's amazing. He says, this story was everywhere. If it was untrue or could be picked apart, so would the rebuttals be. But they're nowhere to be found. Not for at least 100, 200 years. The witnesses were alive and nobody could rebut it. Please. Patrick, I'm confident that when the Father turned his attention from the celestial realm to this world, to this earth, and the Logos as God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Logos was the name of Jesus later on, 
I believe that Logos was on this earth through all this time, and I believe that the Logos, as God, entered Mary's womb. And her gift gave him the phys physicalness, but that was, that was God emerging then as Jesus. Yes, yes, I, I would agree with all of that. Uh, I'll play Mr. Science for you. Science quiz. I hope you read the material. It is possible for a virgin to give birth. It has not, never been recorded in a human being, but you can actually manufacture it, uh, almost like an in vitro fertilization, but a, a woman's egg can theoretically split and start forming females. Now again, it's never been proven, never been shown, but if we just go way out on a limb, there had to be the creation of new material for there to be a Jesus. I guess when we get to heaven, we're going to hear more about it, or we won't care. I, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I know it's not going to be an eternal worship service because the Bible says we're going to be happy. And I like worship, but Come on. But her, because her husband was faithful to the law, what is the law at that stage? And Albert, you can sharpen me. He had several options. One, walk away quietly. Two, far more common, publicly rebuke her. If he does not publicly rebuke her, if he stays with her, option three, and later it comes out he knew she was pregnant, he loses his Sadiq status. He also has the right to leave her and form another family. He was wrestling. He wanted to do the right thing. I love this line. All I know about Joseph is here, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Got to say this. We've only got a minute. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but when I was a boy, there were always an invitation song. If you're not COC, what that meant was there'd be a song like Why Not Tonight or Almost Persuaded. You know, one of these really, you could burn any time songs. And, or Just As I Am, which has 28 verses. <clears throat> if um, some of the guys, you know, they would say, sing it again until somebody comes. You ever been in one of those? Oh, my goodness. There was one that I was supposed to have a date. She was there. We were going to go to a movie after. We're losing our opportunity. And he kept, I'm not making this up, fourth time through. And I turned to her and I said, I'm going. And she said, for what? And I said, I'm going to make it up. Somebody got there in front of me, and I bet they made it up. Or it was one of his family going, the food is burning. <laughs> Let it go. Because he, he prayed, about, he said an, un, uh, an unspoken need. And I'm going, yeah, right. What that was was you didn't have a sale. Anyway, that's what it was, is you try and close the sale. But we told people that if they sinned publicly, they had to repent publicly and come down in front of all of us. Remember those? Breaks my heart. Now, there are times where that may be appropriate. <clears throat> Let's say that I had spent, oh, let's say, the last three years killing Christians. 
might be nice for me to stand up and say, sorry, sorry. You know, Paul had to do that. I'm fair enough, but here's a woman that's pregnant. I've had elders insist that the young girl come forward, name the guy, and you know, send. And, and in fact, when a couple of the ladies, by the way, this is nowhere near us. This church is different where the ladies wanted to throw a little baby shower to help the poor girl out, the elders wouldn't let them because that, that would look like we're approving of her sin. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to judge you and say you're going to hell. What I'm saying is, I, whatever Jesus would say, that's the opposite. That's just not Jesus. Joseph would have agreed saying, I don't want to shame her. Let's just put her to the side. In Muslim countries to this day, not all of them by any stretch, but those like Saudi, uh, Yemen, Iran is actually, there's some interesting things going on in Iran. I think we have to thank the Zoroastrians for that as well. But in Yemen, let's say in Saudi, men will grab a woman and bury her up to her neck and laugh as they throw rocks at her until she dies. Or they will beat her. And while the woman is crying, these are on the, they put them on YouTube, people. The men are laughing at her while they're beating her. I, I can't think of anything more reprehensible or that makes me more violent in my head than these type things. And that's what Matthew leads with. Here she was. And because God has a plan. I'm going to say this real quick, and then, Albert, I'll let you close this out. I do not understand what I'm about to tell you. I do not believe that birth is, and conception by themselves is a purely physical event. Because sometime in a process, we don't know, conception, quickening, that means when the baby moves, or when it takes its first breath, a spirit enters the baby. It is alive. It is an individual. Not just beating heart and tissue. It is an individual. Even a woman who is on crack and selling her body when she has a baby, God can do something with that baby if we respond in love and not by turning our head. Because there's a part of God in that baby. I say that, and I've gone way over time. Albert... <clears throat> confident that somewhere in the early stages of conception that God visits that womb and leaves a part of himself which is the receptacle in which the Holy Spirit can come and live. He didn't do that with anything else in right. all of his creation in heaven or on earth. And that, that makes you and me something terribly important. It does. It's a receptacle in which the Holy Spirit can reside. When we're saved... And then that then allows us to then be something for him that even angels cannot be. And that's that. I'm not going to add anything to that. I'll say amen. We'll see you next week.